Oh. <sighs> what the fuck? <sighs> Where the fuck? Oh, wait, hang on. Hang on. I'm... Okay. Legs. Arms. No jail. Wow. Hello. Hello, guys. And yes, I finally got pants on this wow. time. Oh, Gerald. You're so small. I would like to feed you a small cracker. I'm always small, bitch. Wait, you have food? Uh, no. I, yeah, I kind of maybe ate all of it. Dude, I... I found this green stuff, like, I don't know where you guys were earlier, but I found, like, this green liquid stuff. I think it was some sort of liquefied warp stone. I just started huffing that, and I got I got really hungry, and, you know, I, I felt really sick for a moment, and, and then I woke up here. Huh. Did somebody yeah. open the Captain Quarters doors? I'm stuck in here. Nope. Hold on, Shark, give me just uh. one second. <laughs> okay. There you go. Oh. Alright, and I'll quickly close the door because I get, don't want you guys seeing what's in there. Oh, uh, God, no. Alright, it's were, shut. Is that locked. a blindfold around your neck? Uh, don't ask. Yes. Don't tell. Oh, okay. It sounds way worse than when you have context. I don't know. I kind of want the context now. <laughs> well... <laughs> If you look in that, if you peek in the room before the door closed, uh, you might have seen a few people in there in mild states of undress. <laughs> this some, is this some slaneshi type stuff? No, 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 oh, no, 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 no slaneshi stuff. No sensor beams. No, no, stop. <laughs> oh, come on. What's wrong Wait, with you? See <laughs> you see, when a lizard man. There's and and <laughs> you see in my culture there is no love it's just well breeders and you know nobody can tell me anything about it <laughs> well I think everyone Sorry, behind you good. everyone behind you has a conga line of knives so I mean <laughs> ah. They're too scared of me and my mystic arts. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, it's just you doing card tricks that you're not even good at. Just was well, this your card? <laughs> no, <laughs> shoot! I'm just in. I'm just in the corner juggling. <laughs> Ooh, look at this! I have a good magic trick, and you're juggling with two balls, even just like so unimpressive. <laughs> but it's dropping them. <laughs> But every other scheme is just like, wow. And you're just like, yeah, look at me juggling with these two balls. And they're just like, wow. Damn. Yeah, you want to see me juggle? You want to see me juggle some balls? I like to imagine the art, the thing would be like, oh, yes, yes, yes. Human human juggle eight balls. Not impressive. Me, Skaven, juggle two because I better. I only need two balls to juggle better than human. Human needs eight balls to juggle as good as me. Like, that would be the Skaven, like, response. The only magic Filthy trick I know is the salami. Oh my god. <laughs> Filthy man things in funny clothes like to juggle things. Well, I tell them that I can juggle better. They just don't believe me. <laughs> Alright, where's my club? <laughs> Bonk. Bonk! You cannot stop me. Ow. Right. Bastard. Closing up my USB port. <laughs> <laughs> oh wait, somebody say USB port?
Nope, they're shut. Oh dear. <laughs> no entry. Oh, uh, oh my goodness. Oh man, you know what? You know what? Since we're here, I, you know what? I'm, I'm gonna ask Gerald. You're blue. We must back. We must be back in Halo. Am I correct? Yes. Thank Grungi. <laughs> Great. Well, since that's the case, yeah. Since that's the case, uh, maybe while well, we're trying to figure out where we are and how to get back to the tavern, you can enlighten us with your lovely uh, blue skin hologramness and anything you want to share about this crazy universe. My that blue skin hologramness. So, are you saying this is a pants optional event? Oh no. Oh no. <laughs> it's got him too. <laughs> Slush has him too. Help. Are AI able to change their I mean, I, I wouldn't know anything about AI judging that, you know I never seen any technology like this, but yeah, you know, I just it's a wild guess. But like aren't you able to change your form? Absolutely. <laughs> Show me uh, the great horned rat, please, because that is the only appropriate form. What did you I'm say? Sorry. I'm sorry, does not compute at this time. Must resume Halo's story. <laughs> this the snake is green. The snake is great. I shall bonk you. <laughs> <laughs> I approve. Before I finish up the story of the Spartan programs from Halo, what happened to Slappy? I, I sold him to the nine. Oh, okay. That's, so that's how that was our price. Eh, if anyone can find a way to get out of that, he he can. Well, I say good We don't we don't need any more beard things on this adventure of ours. Yeah, they said they didn't oh, want him tied up and ball gagged, but you know, I delivered him that way anyway. <laughs> what the fuck did you do with him? <laughs> The things he might not remember when he comes back. You mean when you hire Shark, you back. get extra. <laughs> oh my goodness. <laughs> oh man. Oh man. Uh, what a wonderful crew we have here today. Lovely, lovely. Sharky, you're welcome back to the tavern. At any point, we will waive all your mooring fees. Mm. Mooring? This ship doesn't oh. go in the ocean. <laughs> <laughs> I don't recall anyone owning the sky, <laughs> except for the great old ones. Bless you want to buy that cloud? Your old ones were so great. Then why is my god teabagging them? <laughs> because uh, because Ted went out to go get milk. We're just still waiting for waiting on him for that two percent. Exactly. He said he was getting the chocolate milk. My favorite. Oh, so you're saying he went out to get some brewskis, eh? <laughs> Yes. And maybe a spare box of Timbits, there. Oh, God. He promised he'd come back, I swear. <laughs> and maybe a twig for the old ice rink there, bud. <laughs> oh, yeah, bud. Uh, Have we all got we the got the ODR in the backyard. Have <laughs> <sighs> we all got the giggles out of our system now? Yeah. I will never... Okay, well, we're all here. Let's finish up the story of the Spartans so we can all go home and Shark can go back to doing uh, unspeakable things beyond those doors. <laughs> so, Ray. Yes? You've done this to me for a long time. Now I get to do this to you. How about a recap? All right, let's One do minute. this. All right. 
Three. Oh fuck! Hang two. On. You got a timer? Okay, let's go. Three, two, one, go. Okay. So the Spartan program began originally as the Oni project, and uh, Oni was created to make super soldiers. Um, and all they did was take regular humans and augment them a little bit. Didn't didn't go so well. But one of them was uh, Sergeant Johnson. He's apparently a badass, and he looks like a badass with his fantastic mustache and knowing what the ladies like. Um, after that, they made the Spartan 2s by kidnapping children. Halsey shouldn't have made Splash clones, but she decided to be a nice person. And that's why Oni wants her dead, because she's stupid and soft-hearted. Regardless, uh, the Spartans were really awesome. They were called demons, and then they killed a bunch of Covenant people, and then Master Chief was awesome. And, um, hang on. Uh, oh, and they were made to fight the insurgents. And the insurgents were actually good people sometimes, but not really. And apparently they had questionable motives, but um, also... One Spartan was very, very war crimey against the insurgents and was very covered in blood Ten at seconds. one time. Um, oh, okay. Um, and then what else? Oh, um, and then uh, the spaceship Five, exploded and reached. They're all from reach. Three. And yes, two, um, they can't have sex. One. <laughs> good. Don't worry, I covered all the important aspects about them. You co- if, if anything, you covered the most important, important aspects, which means you're learning. Yay. <laughs> I'm proud of you. All I remembered was war crimes. I'm sorry. If anything, you dear listeners get from the Spartan program, just know war crimes. <laughs> now that all being said, that was the Orion Project, retroactively dubbed Spartan Ones, and then we learned about the Spartan Twos last time. So now we are going to talk about the Spartan Threes and Fours. And unless we get sidetracked by Exo and Shark. I don't have that much information to go off of, so this won't be a three-hour episode. Yay. So, let's start with the Spartan 3s. Nice, simple, to the point, next one in the line. So, Spartan 3s. This was basically just the next iteration of the Spartan program. It was built up on the success of the Spartan 2s, which, yeah, there are only, what, 30, 35 Spartan 2s, but given how freakishly awesome they are and how much plot armor... Master Chief has, the UNSC, or Oni in particular, was going somewhere with this. So, in 2531, it was there was an initiation to do the Spartan 3 program to build off of the Spartan 2s. However, Halsey was a major figure in the Spartan 2 program, but this, the Spartan 3s, was done completely under her nose and without any input from her whatsoever. I kind of hinted that when we were talking about her at the in the part one, but this the Spartan Three program is led up by one Colonel James Ackerson, and let me give you a picture of this bitch because he looks quite. Uh, you, you'll see, he's considered. He's a like, fucking rat. Oh yeah, you've got mail. He's kind of the self uh, self titled arch rival of Halsey. And it's like a fun guy share yeah. some beers with, and he totally wouldn't be an asshole about it. <laughs> so he saw what the Spartan, he saw the Spartan two program and just had this sense of, I needed to basically one up Halsey, but also he has this contradictory personality of, I want to do what's best for mankind, but fuck over Halsey in the process. So behind her back, he initiated he proposed and initiated the Spartan three program to Oni and they accepted of course, because Hey, we need super soldiers that can fight the covenant at this point. Cause we are, 
Uh, da, 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 da. We are six years into the Covenant War, so the whole thing erupted in 2525 uh, on the colony world of Harvest. If you read the book Contact Harvest, that details basically the opening shots of the Covenant War. is a really good book, but this is but we're not. This isn't a uh, this isn't a episode on the fall of Harvest. So during the initiation process and going over the screenings and preparing preparing the technology for augmentation and everything. Colonel Ackerson here chose Kurt 051, the Spartan the Spartan 2 that uh, sacrificed himself at Onyx, if you remember that story. Before all that happened, Kurt was the one that was selected to actually lead up the training and essentially mentor who the recruits would be for the Spartan 3 program. And a fun fact about Mr. Colonel Ackerson was he was also chosen by Oni to lead up the Spartan 4 program, which would become the next iteration of it. However, he was captured during the Battle of Earth, which is around the time timeline of Halo 3. He was captured and tortured to death by brutes. So, fun times. <laughs> well deserved. Yeah. Get fucked. Yep. Get wrecked, nerd. He also reported Halsey for war crimes for starting the Spartan 2 program and then started the Spartan 3 program. So fuck him. Yeah, and I'll I'll talk a Was little bit it more. Was really as bad as the Spartan 2 program? I mean, at least this time he used orphans. <laughs> Fair okay. point. I mean, I was going to save this for another point, but I don't like the Spartan 3s. Not because the Spartan 3s themselves suck. It's the way they were implemented and the way that Oni and the UNSC have used them that I don't like. And you'll f- come to find out why. And plus, the Spartan 2s are just so iconic. I mean, come on. But anyways, so, and here's the point about why I don't care for the Spartan 3s as much is because unlike the Spartan 2s where basically, to quote Hammond from Jurassic Park, spare no expense. Spare no expense. When it comes to the Spartan 3s, they were made to be expendable. They were made to be cheap compared to, to the Spartan 2s. And to quote, to basically quote Ackerson himself, he said, the whole point was to basically trade lives for time because at this point, you know, humanity is on the, is constantly on the back foot against the covenant during the whole war. Cause it's just like a, it's just like a losing stalemate for the most part, or not even so much as a stalemate. They're just losing. And so the focus was more on just basically drowning the covenant in numbers and teamwork and cohesion versus like the augmentations themselves and the, and the uber powerful equipment that they use. So, no Flash clones were used during add. recruitment this time. So, yes, they could make more Spartans, Ray. I'm sorry, XO, you said something? Yeah, I just want to add real quick. Um, I think it would be harder to survive in the Halo universe as your average civilian than it would be to survive in the 40k universe. <laughs> Care to elaborate? Let's take, for example, um, 90% of humanity in Halo does not exist. I mean, he makes a compelling argument. That's all I was... I mean, that's, <laughs> you're, you're not that's wrong. You're not wrong. That's the scary thing. By the end of the... Yeah, covenant, when the aliens are committing one-sided genocide, it's not fun. Yeah. See, By the see, end of the Covenant in, of War, legit, legit 90% of humanity is gone. In, in, in 40k, when, when the aliens pull up to your planet, it's like, oh no, the okay, well, let's get some ships on him. Let's deal with it. When, in Halo, when the aliens pull up to your planet, it's get as many people the 
fuck out of here and try not to die in the process. Run, Forrest, run! I mean, that's not wrong. And in fact, <laughs> uh, this will play more of a part in when we talk about the Spartan Force, but there actually was a last-ditch, very, very last-ditch plan to, if all else fails... Close to the end of the war, humanity was building basically one of their super ships, whatever. It's called the UNSC Infinity. The original purpose of it was basically as like a arc of sorts for humanity. So that way, if if Earth had fallen, if humanity had just ultimately lost the war, then any survivors would stay on the ship and they would just be basically just wandering the galaxy just to stay away from the Covenant. And that was the last ditch plan they had left. Pretty depressing. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, it didn't come to that. So now the UNSC, as of, as of Halo 4, 5, and, well, we actually don't know about Infinite, but is now basically just like a kind of like a mobile base and research facility for the Spartan Ops. And we'll talk about them because it relates to the Spartan fours, but it's basically a, now just a major command vessel and research station for forerunner technology. Uh, in, in Halo Infinite, it got split in half and is destroyed. Ah, okay. I, that wasn't, that wasn't made clear before. So thank you. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I was just so meh by Halo Infinite that I just didn't care anymore. Yeah, the the intro to Halo Infinite was the UNSC Infinity getting split in half by a brute ship. Holy fuck. Which really kind of irritates me because in Halo 4 multiplayer campaign, you could see the the Infinity come out of slip space and then just ramming a Covenant... Assault carrier in half. Oh, see, that's the thing. And I heard this in a, I heard into this in a YouTube in a YouTube video, and it kind of makes a bit more sense for me. Most ships, you know, they tend to have a balance in things. You know, they want speed, they want power, and they want armor, and they want it all to be very well balanced. And then you take the monkeys with spacecraft technology that go, nah, I want this shit to be as tough as possible and use it as a fucking ram. <laughs> that makes more sense. Yeah. Yeah. That's the only reason it makes they're more all sense. just armor. Their their whole thing is to just put themselves in the middle of a fight and just be the toughest thing to take out. And go on and keep on charging with nothing but the power of monkey. You've got mail. And that is a video of the UNSC ramming said uh, said uh, Covenant uh, remnant ship. This is the Covenant remnant, not the banished. So, but anyways, back to the original Spartan threes. We're getting ahead of ourselves just a little bit. Yes. So, yep, they were made to be the Spartan threes. They were made to be expendable cheap so they can produce more spartans so they don't use flash clones anymore are you happy now ray i hope so <laughs> oh yeah i'm happy they're able to make the, the right amount of spartan threes for the job oh. to be fair they had no parents for the flash clones so yes because which is a perfect segue because the recruits and the candidates for the spartan three programs were actually orphans from fallen colonies 
So you can't kidnap us for your military training program. What are you going to do? Tell your parents? Oh, wait. (laughs) (laughs) So now they actually have, so now these candidates actually have motive for wanting to join the Spartan program and kick some alien ass. So think of this kind of like, if you want to put this back in 40 K terms, think of it like the skull of progenium, which I think they're known to take in orphans from, uh, from fallen worlds to become, you know, yeah. either sisters of battle, uh, commissars, inquisitors. I can't think of all the special ones, scions. So think of it kind of like that. And they were often trained in, Oh, here, here's the, the, the thing about, uh, them making more, uh, more Spartans, Ray. These guys are trained and basically raised in batches of around 300 at a time with a 100% augmentation success rate. Wow, that's fucking impressive. What the hell? Mm-hmm. Well, given it was like it's been decades since the original Spartan Two program, so they were able to figure out what the heck went wrong with the original augmentations that made the Spartan Twos, and they were able to perfect it to make it a lot more safer for for the for the uh, candidates that were taking it. Now they still had to pass an extensive genetic screening, and they had to go through an even more horrendous training program than the Spartan twos did. But the success rate of the augmentations was a lot more safer uh, with the Spartan threes compared to the Spartan twos. Here's the thing though, because going back to them being expendable cheap and just basically throwing them at the meat grinder. That is a covenant. They were always almost always sent on suicide missions that resulted in a 100% casualty rate. But that's thinking. Okay. Okay. So you got to ask, what is the point of making all these super soldiers if they're all going to die in a meat grinder? Where's the morale in this? Hey, to be fair, they won a lot of their missions. They all died, but they won. True. Very true. But (laughs) it takes time. An effort to raise soldiers. So why do you want to send them off just so they can die, especially if they're your super soldiers? Come on, Oni. <laughs> What's going on here? As scary as you are, you're also so stupidly incompetent. Wait, so hang on. Again. How long does it take to make a Spartan 3 as well to do a Spartan 2? So over the... Uh, let me pull the page up. Because it basically the Spartan 3 program took place over the course of from 2531 all the way up to the end of uh, the war in 2552. And it was basically so many batches at a time. Um, let me pull it up. Spartan ops. No, not Spartan ops. Spartan threes. Here we go. Okay. The first company was known as the alpha company and they, everything was initiated, uh, 2532. That was when all the training and everything began. Um, about let's see here, and these were candidate, and these were young orphans. I mean, these were young orphans. They're still, you know, like five, six years old at this point. Um, yeah. They were basically, and they they were ba- they're basically child soldiers. So again, war crimes, war crimes, war crimes. The augmentation was activated, or the augmentation procedure started in twenty five thirty six, and then. Operation Prometheus. Where is it? Here we go. Okay. They're, the first company, Alpha Company's campaign, Operation Prometheus, took place in 2537. Operation Prometheus was the suicide mission that 
was meant to destroy a Covenant shipyard on a particular asteroid, and basically it was just so that so that way the Covenant didn't have a way ha, didn't have a rally point to attack more human colonies. And this and this whole campaign ended, yeah, twenty five thirty seven. So this whole campaign ended in with a one hundred percent casualty rate for the entire Alpha Company, which was around three hundred Spartan three hundred Spartan threes. So if you do the math on that, the oldest of them are twelve. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh-huh. And here's the kicker too. To go into the cheap aspect of it, they were not given Mjolnir armor. Mjolnir armor is the creme de la creme of basically UNSC technology at that point in time. And just like I mentioned in the part one episode for the Spartans, it would cost one Mjolnir suit costs just about as much as like one of the frigates or capital ships. So to kind of offset the cost of just whoops yeah to offset the cost of this the spartan threes are given what is called spi armor which stands for semi-powered infiltration armor now it looks very similar to a mjolnir armor but it doesn't have all the bells and whistles it doesn't have that super intelligent gel coating in the suit it doesn't have a uh doesn't have the energy shields like uh like master chief or like a saying does it doesn't have all the bells and whistles. It is just enough for the Spartans to do their job and then die during that suicide mission. So that is a that is SPI armor. It looks very similar to the Mjolnir armor, like I just mentioned. Um, here's some more. Here's some concept art of Spartan threes, which I mean, if you if at first glance they look very identical to Spartan twos, but there's just the, that that little difference and. So. so in a sense, the Spartan Spartan two armor is like your Lamborghini, your Ferrari, and then your Spartan three armor is your two thousand one Honda Civic armor. That's a very apt description. Yeah, a pretty good way to think about that, really. But yeah, that's uh, so. So let's let, let's uh, just kind of go up the work. Look at the war crime tally. So child soldiers, what twelve years old at the oldest from what Shark mentioned, one hundred percent casualty rate. Uh, in comparison, pretty crappy, pretty crappy gear, but a one hundred percent survival rate for augmentation. So yay, maybe. Yeah, Spartan three, Spartan threes are not having a, not not having a good time of it. But hey. Ackerson did promise we're trading lives for time, so yay. It makes sense. Mm-hmm. Again, it's orphans. Who's gonna miss them? <laughs> <laughs> Fair point. <sighs> oh boy, what am I gonna do with y'all? Anyways, but the SPI armor is also kind of sort of modular uh, compared, or it's also modular just like the Mjolnir armor. So, but again, just don't, it doesn't have all the bells and whistles that the, the fantastic Lamborghini versus a Toyota Corolla would. But anyways, yes. uh, another little known fact about Alpha another Company is, so there were 497 uh, orphans conscripted and it was only, at that time, only 300 were able to become Spartans. So there was, at, at that very first point, there was still some rejection rate. But when you get to Beta Company, Gamma Company, those all were were basically 100% success rate for uh, 
for the augmentation. So that makes sense. Though, like yeah. the more they make, the more the better they get at it. Just you know, I mean, it's so. I mean, yeah, you're right. It's like the epitome of practice makes perfect. Like they're they're basically practicing at making super soldiers, so they're trying to get the formulas just right. So by the time they get to this next iteration of Spartan threes, okay, everyone's surviving it. Like, okay, awesome, we got this. So that was Alpha Company. Now, a few years later, let me make sure I have the right one. Now, Beta Company was the next group or batch of of Spartan threes. And let's see here. It was greenlit in 2537 shortly after Operation Prometheus was a it was a success for the UNSC, but they lost all the entire batch of Spartan original batch of Spartan threes. It was greenlit in 2537. There were 418 candidates that were conscripted, but due to due to genetic testing or whatever, another only 300 were able to go able to do the augmentation. Uh, yeah, able to have the augmentation, but is a 100% survival rate. So yay, improvement. And oh training God. began in 2539. So this is over the over a period of years that this is happening. So it's you're getting a lot of Spartans, but because they're going on suicide missions and it's with a very much pretty much a 100% casualty rate. So you got to wait another few years to raise the next batch, to do the augmentations, to do the training. That's still enough time for the Covenant to do a lot of damage to the UNSC while they're trying to get that, while they're trying to get this going. So it's what they're doing is buying them time, but it's, it's, it's not enough still because go ahead. I was going to, I was going to say like I, I, the only option they really have is to either keep throwing like band-aid solution of the band-aid solution or like, like, let's say you don't like, let's say you wait and, until you have like two batches. So you have 600 uh, Spartans. If the Spartan two, if the Spartan threes are succeeding at their mission, like Shrek was saying, but it costs them like all of their lives. And like, no doubt if you at least double your numbers, you should be able to, you know, hold out. But like at the same time though, like let's say let's say you're on that board and you have to say like, oh, we can throw in we can throw wave after wave of them and like we'll slow them down so it, so they only take they only kill like three planets, like they only glass three planets. But if we hold off our guys and wait for another batch, they will have glass ten planets. So like that's your that becomes the option. Like do you throw one that like probably like, oh no, we only lost three planets instead of the ten we would have lost. But now we have to wait until we get another three hundred to throw out the problem and lose only another three planets. Like, it's it's an interesting trade off. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's like the it's like the really not 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 a bad it's a good example of it, but in a bad way of like sacrificing the few to save the many. Yeah, any kind of sacrifice of human life at this point is bad because we're slowly becoming extinct. But what is that compared to the millions or billions that you do end up saving by the end of the war? Not that I'm condoning any of this stuff. Remember we're keeping the arguments fictional here, but it's a, it's one of those, it's one of those examples of like how far are we willing to go to ensure humanity survival? Anyways, now off of one depressing topic and onto another. So beta company, just like alpha company, they were, Beta Company was, train began in 2539, 
And then their ma- their major engagement was called Operation Torpedo, which took place in 2545. So about five, six years worth of training to raise this batch of Spartans. Operation Torpedo was a suicide mission to destroy a Covenant refueling refinery that was dangerously close to the solar system at that point. And so the company made it in and destroyed the refinery and all but two were killed in action. Scanning. Just dust and echoes. We're all that's left. So, yeah. So that's another three. That's another basically 300 Spartan threes gone. By the way, anyone who notices the reference, torpedo is actually a term for suicide missions. I actually did not know that. Interesting. Yeah. In prison, you call people who get or kill other people torpedoes because they're getting more time on their sentence. Mm. In military terms, you you would call it torpedoing yourself as in charging in. Oh, wow. That's actually pretty the cool. more you know. Dun, dun, dun. And also, right now we have, we've talked about two Spartan companies that consist of 300 candidates each. Anybody, does anybody else get what I'm picking or get what I'm throwing down? I do, I do. I'm sure you did. What about XO and Ray? Yeah. Yeah. Cool. Thank <laughs> <laughs> Wait, hang on. I just have a question. Hang on. I have one full question, actually. All right. This is about the 300 Spartan things. Okay. Could they, let's say, instead of making like 300 Spartans, what if they make 400, like batches of 400? Like, would you think the results would go down? Like, I'm just saying, like, like instead of having 100% success rate, like, let's say they were like, hey, pump them out in batches of 400 instead of three. Like, do you think that their success rate would go, like, because, like you said, once they get to what is it like gamma, gamma division or whatever it is, like the whatever that one is, where it's like a hundred percent success rate. Like what happens when they get to like that one? They're like, "Hey, we got a hundred percent success rate. Fucking, let's try to go back to ninety. Let's reel the success rate back down to ninety, and we'll try to find the middle ground where we get to like you know, like we can we can pump out we can pump out more more Spartans at night like with a ninety percent success rate." Like, I'm just saying, I think I would do that once I start getting to 100. I start reeling back the success rate to just make more Spartans. <laughs> Are you talking about the... You're talking about the success rate of the augmentation or the mortality rate of yeah. the mission? Oh, okay. The the success rate of uh, Spartan, like, augmentation, not the success rate of the missions. Because I know the success rate is already, like... Like, they succeed, but they lose... They lose, basically, one. they lose 100%, except for, like, you know... Mm-hmm. The first one losing, two, like, two guys were left. So, like... Like, do you think that they could have made more spark... Like, the batches of a bigger amount as um, they, like, went along? And you think I that would have been, like, worth it? They... I mean, they try to do that. Mm-hmm. Like, Alpha Company... Like, with Alpha Company, like, they originally conscripted almost 500 candidates, but for... For reasons I that doesn't specify what only three hundred were able to pass this. Uh, only three hundred were able to pass the screening and actually be you know go through the augmentation. Same thing with Beta Company. Like uh, what was the number here? Do, 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 do. I had it. Where did my notes go? What's wrong with me? Yeah, Beta Company four hundred and eighteen were conscripted, so they could have made like a batch of four hundred Spartans. But for but again for reasons. 
because Bungie wanted to rip off the whole 300 thing. <laughs> Only 300 Spartans were successfully augmented. That wasn't. I mean, come on! If you're gonna call them Spartans, you gotta you yeah. gotta go with the I 300 mean, man. Yeah, you had to, you had to make that. They had to make that reference at least once. I get it. I get it. At least it wasn't another seven reference. It's, it's the fucking 18th time they've made that reference in this fucking entire story. Hey, it just shows how dedicated they are to the to the bit. They the really twos are. originally had 300 applicants. Mm-hmm. It's like how. Like, how original are we getting? <laughs> I'm just glad it was a different reference other than seven, 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 seven. I prefer 13. Oh, yeah. You would. You would. <laughs> Gerald, <laughs> I just make one point about what I would do in this situation. What would you do in this situation, Ray? Okay. okay. So, this is going to sound really bad. Well, not really, but. Like, you just explained this situation to me. My brain's already working, and anyone who's seen, like, our last Halo episode and knows how I work, you guys probably know that, oh, he's probably getting a really bad idea. A.K.A. This okay. Is, not, A.K.A. The Oni, the Oni Fed is about to talk. Okay, it's not a bad idea. But I would, I would do what they did. I would make 400 Spartans, but I would send out 300, and I would keep an extra 100 on reserve. And these guys would like train, blah, 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 blah. And then every single like batch. So like you just take a little bit off the top, store them. And you have these guys training cooperate. So like second batch, the injured goes out. Well, now you have uh, 200 stored up. Third batch goes up. You got, another, you got 300 new Spartans ready to go. But you just keep this up. You just keep sending out groups of 300 over and over again. You keep taking a little bit off the top, a little bit off the top. And you just keep storing these guys up. Until you basically have like a legion of these like Spartan threes saved up that have been like constantly training, and then like it's the second you instead of sending out one batch, you you uh, you fridge what you just fridge that batch, and you send out your fucking legion of Spartan threes, and you just keep this process going of like, hey, make another three hundred, store ten, store one hundred, make another batch, you just keep this process going until you eventually win the war. Because you they could make you could make four hundred. You said that. I feel like that's what I would do. I take everything I said back. There's no way you could be an Oni spook because you're too competent. <laughs> if I was in charge of Oni, things would be different. Oh, man. Well, it's I, I don't like your tone there. <laughs> what were you going to say, Charlie? Guys, I'm kid by the FBI. Well, it's funny you bring up that point because when it comes to Gamma Company... Of the two survivors from Beta Company, they were actually recruited to train the new batch of Spartans 3s for Gamma Company, and they actually did more than 300 this time. They had 330. Yay. Wow, impressive. A whole whopping 30 more, plus the two, plus the two from the surviving Beta Company. <laughs> and the interesting thing about these guys is so Spartan 2s were raised and trained on Reach under Halsey. The Spartan 3s were raised and trained on Onyx, the shield world that we briefly mentioned in part one that Kurt blew up of uh, nuclear warheads because the Covenant were attacking them. So most of the candidates for uh, Gamma Company, they were away on assignments. So they were away from both Reach and Onyx on assignments when those when those battles took place. So 
a vast majority of them actually survived the covenant, the end of the covenant war. Can you believe it? Yay. Not a 100% casualty rate this time. So the Emma company, the Chaz that they are, they got folded over into what would become the Spartan ops program, which basically to put it in very simplistic terms, Basically, all the Spartan 3s that survived the war, any remaining Spartan 2s that are still un- that were still under active duty, and then the upcoming Spartan 4s, they basically essentially formed their own branch of the UNSC military, and now are their, uh, basically their own operating thing. Kind of similar to how... Uh, think, of it like spa- think of it like Space Marines, honestly. Like, their chap... Like, Technically, the Space Marine chapters are part of the Imperium as a whole, but they operate on their own independently for the most part. That's basically what the Spartan Ops whole branch thing is. And that's about all I'm going to go into it because I am mad at 343. Really? Now, why would you ever be mad at them? They've done nothing wrong. Hmm. (laughs) Wait, wait until wait until I let you talk about three four three there, EXO. But before we get to that, there is one more company of Spartan threes, and they are Delta Company. However, they did not they, they do not officially exist because the candidates they were ready to be received on Onyx, but the Battle of Onyx took place. Kurt blew himself up Onyx and on the Covenant Armada with the nuclear warheads. So there was no Onyx to receive the candidates. So officially, Delta Company, as far as we know, was just disbanded. We it's never explicitly stated what happened to the candidates. So we don't know. So that is pretty much the Spartan story of the Spartan Three. So let's go over a few famous Spartan Threes, aka we're going to talk about Noble Team. And guess yes, my boys. And guess over how great and they girl. Are. And girl. And last. <laughs> girl who conveniently is Asian and a woman and can't drive. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know whether to keep that I'm, comment or put it in the outtakes or just I'm, bleep it out altogether. <laughs> I mean, I, it's not really that. I'm just calling it as a as a Yo, cat. I mean, I'm, I think it go down. <laughs> nah, don't go down. It do go down. <laughs> Cat, I don't think we should drive right into that wraith. Cat, Cat, what are we doing? Stop it, Cat. Oh my god. Yo, did you notice the oh. fucking Grand Canyon off the side? <laughs> Ray, you've never played Halo. Ha- you've never played Halo Reach, have you? No, I haven't. Oh my god. Whenever you do, please get into a warthog with Cat and have her drive. I, I need you to just experience it. Okay. <laughs> Whenever, whenever it's, it's he gets his X something that every Halo player experiences. Oh, absolutely! Whenever he gets his X bone, hey, I'm going to. If he has a PC, it's on PC. It. Okay, this is a this is the emblem for Noble Team. Once it loads, you see that on Halo Reach everywhere, especially the loading screens. You've got mail. Um, let's see here. It's a cringe logo. Can yeah, it's no? it's very very basic. Not my favorite, but. It's Noble Team. Yeah. I like the simplicity. It, it it adds to the feel of Halo. Halo's like this, you know, super realistic, 
like grimy type of universe whereas like these other universes it's like we need to go all out we need to give them every sort of you know, everything especially designed and halo's just like you know give me a triangle give me a triangle and a and a geometric bird i don't know <laughs> have you ever seen actual soldier patches those motherfuckers uh, those... put some hilarious meme shit on there all the time well, those soldiers aren't fucking orphans that were turned into superhumans. I'm pr pretty sure I've seen one of a skeleton playing a violin. Oh my god. <laughs> that's just... That's just poetic. Yeah, soldier. the soldiers come up with some weird emblems. So... But, okay, here's... When it comes to Noble Team, here's what I'm gonna do. I'm just gonna touch over uh, three of them, and then I have in my notes... I, I legit have in my notes here. Let Exo and Shark cream themselves over Emil and Noble Six. So I'm gonna. I'll talk about the other. I'll talk about the other uh, three, and then y'all can just take the reins with the other two. So Noble Team is is uh, consists of uh, five Spartan threes and one Spartan two. The Spartan two being George, who we talked about uh, in part one. So please, please give that a listen if you have no idea what we're talking about, dear listeners. It's worth it. Anyways. And, oh, one more thing I forgot to mention is um, Spartan 3s, the way they are given their name is they keep their first name just like a Spartan, the Spartan 2s, but they're given a designation of either letter A, B, G, or D, followed by the num their recruitment number. So it's very similar, but the only difference is the A, B, G, or D is the uh, is the company which they were recruited from. So in our very first case here is Carter A two five nine. So that basically just means he was brought up in uh, Alpha Company, and his recruitment number was number two fifty nine out of three hundred. So very simple, very basic. That's him in his armor in game. And then here is a picture of his actual face. He's basically the leader of Noble Team. You know, very straightforward, you know, just straightforward to the point. No nonsense. Think of him as like a, think of him as like the Rogel Dorn of the group, but less, uh, less uh, blunt. <laughs> I think of him more as like the ultramarine. Oh yeah, of that, like that's noble actually, team. Yeah, that's actually a better a better comparison. Like he's also blue. I mean, he he, he is. Blue. Yeah, he is blue. <laughs> yeah. Also, I found this picture, and this is a real patch. You've got mail. Uh, I, oh my god, that that is what is that? I love it. <laughs> I mean, it's cool, but <laughs> it's a fucking racket. All right. Military comes up with some weird stuff, man. I approve. Oh, yeah. But anyways, back to the Papa Smurf of Noble Team. And now I cannot unsee that image. Carter, I mean, he's he, he's the leader. He's the guy that makes the plan. He's by the, very by the book. No nonsense. And he's good at his job. He's uh, kind of like the... His uh, favorite weapon is the... DMR, Directed Marksman Rifle, and it's kind of like a uh, very, you know, very precision-based. So he's, you know, he's just all around, pr pretty good all around. And unfortunately, at the end of Reach, you, Emil, and Carter are the last ones left. You and Emil are on the ground 
trying to get to the Pillar of Autumn because Holly trusted you to basically carry a shard of Cortana over to over to the Pillar of Autumn, which is one of the last UNSC ships capable of basically getting out and escaping. There's a lot more context to it when you actually play the game, but just to make this, just to simplify this for you, and Carter is flying a Pelican, basically giving you air support from all the Covenant that are basically just swarming over Reach and glassing it at the same time. There's a massive scarab that basically gets in your way, your your way, you in the way of you and Emil, and it's about to fire its uh, scarab gun at you. And so Carter does what Car- Carter does a Carter thing and base and says uh, and says it's been an honor and crashes himself into the scarab. Boom. I I believe his direct quote is Emil says you don't you don't have the firepower, sir, but he says I have the mass. Yep. Yep, a very Carter thing. Rip, Carter, pour one out for him. He also had a very George. He also had a very George moment when you're watching, and he takes off his helmet, and you're like, uh, uh, yeah, he's about to die. Yep. Because he's because like because like he's flying the Pelican. It's also it's also getting shot at, and basically to the point being shot down anyway. So he just figured might as well take a scarab out out and save or give Noble Six and Emil a chance. So that's Carter, just by the book, Papa Smurf of the Papa Smurf Ultramarine of the of Noble Team, and now we go to and his designation was Noble One because he's the leader, and now we get to Cat, who is the lady that uh, ever that <laughs> Shark and Exo like to talk about her driving skills. That's her in game, and notice she has a bionic arm. If we're making Imperium, Imperium, uh. References or comparisons. Sorry, fuck. Stroke. Uh, she's the Alpha Legion member. Yeah, she's very, very tech savvy. Tech savvy, communication savvy. In the first level of Halo, Halo Reach, um, when you're trying to fix a communications relay, she's one of the ones that's dealing with that and patches you through to your basically your mission control. Basically, patches you through to mission control and whatnot, and um. And, you know, tech-savvy genius, very bad driver, unfortunately, but <laughs> whenever you do get a chance to play Halo Reach, it's an experience. Unfortunately, uh, she was the second She was the second one of Noble Team to go after George. What happened shortly after George made his completely senseless sacrifice since uh, after he detonated the... Slip space bomb and destroyed the supercarrier. I mean, that was all great and whatnot, but then like a hundred more Covenant ships invaded anyways. Basically, the whole glassing process, that was when the whole gla- invasion and glassing process of Reach began. Like, that was the true fall of Reach. So, when Noble Six was thrown off, thrown out and landed on the planet, he regrouped with the rest of Noble Team at this city called New Alexandria. And... When they were escaping, cool. oh yeah, is a very cool level. But when they were escaping, they were escaping because basically it is in the the city is in the process of being glassed, and un- that's unfortunate because the radiation that comes from glassing, if I if I read it correct, basically messed up the uh, or set uh, set off the uh, energy shielding. Of uh, of all of their suits, and then while Cat was running through 
running through a hallway, she was picked off by a field, uh, an elite field marshal and shot in the head. So she was the next one to go. So rip, cap. R.I.P. Yep, R.I.P. R.I.P. The elite that uh, that shoots cat in the head is the same elite that attacks you earlier on in the mission mm-hmm. when um, George is assisting that girl you guys find. Yep. Yeah, because you spend the entire campaign hunting all three of them. Yeah. Basically, think of it like the zealots. I know we talked about the zealot. We yeah, we talked about the zealots in the elite episode. As far as reach is concerned, they are basically like the strike team or whatnot that goes on the most dangerous missions for the covenant. And leading the zealots is a rank called a field marshal, and he is basically the elite that's up until Thelvatomy comes into the picture. He is leading all the ground forces of the covenant on reach, and you actually run into him like at least three times throughout the campaign at the very beginning when uh, uh, when you're at the communications relay and George is helping you fight <clears throat> fight off his zealots. You see him again as the elite that snipes Cat, and then you see him again at the very end, and we'll talk about that when we cover Emil. But before we get to that, there is a, one, more sp- uh, one more Spartan of a noble team that I will cover very briefly because there is really not that much about him, and that is... June A266. And he I find it funny how Shark mentions that Cat is the Alpha Legion of the of Noble Team, but I find that June looks like Alpharius when I was doing my research oh, earlier this morning. Tell me that yeah. does not that does not look like Alpharius. <laughs> it is a little Alpharius y, but he's also like bald white man, so yeah. everyone looks like Alpharius. Yes. Because yeah, we, I mean, come on. You got Mr. Clean. You got Joe Rogan. You got uh, Johnny Sins. You know? Oh, my God. <laughs> and June Bless is... that man. He was a great doctor, astronaut, soldier, police officer, plumber, electrician, firefighter. <laughs> Role model. Oh, Father. <laughs> oh, and porn star. <laughs> Yeah, you had to, you had to emphasize that part, didn't you? <laughs> oh man! So Emil, or not Emil? Sorry, June. He is uh, he's actually the most calm and quiet of noble team, and he basically functions as a sniper of the group. You assist him on a sniping mission in Halo Reach. Um, he's very good at what he does, and spoiler alert: he's actually the only survivor of noble team. As far as we know, because what happens yeah. is at the very end of Halo Reach, you meet up with Captain Keys uh, of of the Pillar of Autumn, bring him the Shard of Cortana, and then June actually actually joins up with him. Correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, join joins up with him, flies, goes off into the Pillar of Autumn, leaving Noble Six behind. Mm. So, as far as so we all know, actually, yes, go ahead. Uh, the last time you see June. In Halo Reach is after you get Halsey. Uh, he is the one that oh, takes Halsey yep, off yep, planet. You're right. You're right. You're right. For some reason, I thought he was with he was with us when. Uh, no, you're right. Yep, he leaves with Halsey. No. Yeah. Yeah, that's what it was. No, because he he la- he later on uh, he later on in lore ends up training Spartan fours and uh, recruiting them too. 
Like, I know he recruits Buck and the rest of his team. Yes. Yep, you're right. You're right. I screwed up my goof. But that, that's... You're good, you're good. But yeah, that's three of the five Spartan threes in Noble Team. So now I will hand over the handling of Emil and uh, S- Noble Six off to Exo and Shark. Feel free to cream yourselves. I'm creaming my jeans, Reina. I love Emil. Let me get my boy. Let me get a picture of my boy in here. Yeah, I'm working on it. I'm working on it. So I am going to talk about some stuff that uh, is not in the game. All right. Okay, so Emil is... uh, So the designations, we didn't really talk about that, but Carter's Noble 1, Kat's Noble 2, June is Noble 3, George is Noble 4. No, George is Noble Uh, 4. No, he's Noble 4. No, he's not. Yeah, I, I'm about to explain. I'm about to explain why. Okay. Emil okay. is noble five, and the reason is because Emil was swapped out with a different Spartan three just before Reach because he was taken off human killing duty to go to kill aliens because they didn't want him committing war crimes. <laughs> the but general yes. public did not like how violent he was. <laughs> yeah, so they took they took a member off of Noble Team to put Emil on Noble Team. That is why he's Noble Five, because George went back down from five to four. Ah. Because yes. I, I just replayed Reach and yeah, George is Noble Four. That's okay. I fucked up last episode because I called him Noble Three. But now he is we, we both, he's Noble we both Four. Up on that part. Yes. But uh, yeah, he is noble five. Uh, Emil takes player takes part in a couple of missions during Halo Reach. Um, he takes place obviously during, or he comes in during the first one. Uh, he also comes in during the attack on Sword Base near the end. Uh, but he's most importantly remembered for the end mission. And also his iconic appearance. Ray, if you look at his uh, kit, you might notice some things. What can you tell me are the most iconic parts of that uniform? Uh, is, is it the knife? I'm, I'm it's getting, the knife. I'm getting a better image. Hold on. Hold on. The Sukri. Is it the grenades on his belt? That's also there oh, in helmet? this fiction. His helmet. So, Emil, an official in-game or like in-universe explanation for why the skull is there, has actually never been given. Other than it is supposed to be a terror tactic. That's all like the explanation given. And by the way, that's just on the like the uh, multiplayer's unlock description. But yeah. An official reason is totally not. He's totally not Halo version of Ghost. Hey, to be fair, those games came out near the same time. So, (laughs) but yeah. So if you if you look at that, he is supposed to be a terror tactic, or that's it's supposed to be an intimidation tactic or whatever. I want you to guess. We've talked about like uh, compare comparisons to uh, 40k. What do you think Emil is? Is he a night lord? Is he gonna Gers? He's kind of. He is actually more closely to an Evasaur assassin. Oh no. 
So the idea is to drop Emil in in close quarters combat, because Emil is a close quarters expert, because he only wields shotguns and grenade launchers and pistols. So, yes. And fun fact, like his very first scene in Halo Reach, when Noble Six is being introduced to the team, he just sees Emil sitting in the corner just sharpening his kukri knife, like, over his arm. Yes. And I also, I, I should mention a bit of a team dynamic. My, uh, George is kind of like the salamander of the group. You can imagine that he doesn't really get along with Emil too well. <laughs> but uh, I should mention in the part that uh, Gerald was talking about, in when they're in New Alexandria before the glassing, that's when Noble Six breaks the news that George dies. And Emil does something unusual. He actually shows respect for George, where he's like, "Big man always said he would die on reach." He he show he's actually like he shows that his rivalry is just that. It's kind of just brotherly love almost between him and George. But I'm gonna be talking about with with, uh, with Emil's comment on George's death. Like that whole scene really hits you how hard, like how pointless his death was, because uh, like. Immediately after he says that, uh, fucking Carter's just like, he just died blowing up a ship, thinking he saved the whole planet. Yes. But uh, to go on, so we'll talk about Emil's last mission and what a fucking badass he was. So Emil uh, goes on the mission with Noble Six to deliver Cortana to Captain... Is it Admiral Keys or Captain Keys? Captain Keys. It's Captain Keys. Okay, Captain Keys. So they go to deliver this. Uh, Emil volunteers to take up a rail gun, I believe it's called. Uh, coil Matt gun, Cannon. something like... No, 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 it's... It, I think it's, it's like a Is it not? smaller version. It's like a coil cannon or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or a rail gun. It's basically just a big-ass gun that shoots a rod and blows... It's basically an anti-spaceship weapon. But because uh, at this point in the mission, the Pillar of Autumn is still like refueling and getting ready, getting set to launch. But there's already like Covenant Banshees and ships coming in, trying to shoot everything up. Yeah. So Emil's basically just trying to hold off like the Covenant fleet from like being able to take out the Autumn and also like take out their position. That's what he's volunteering to do, like just buy time for Noble Six to deliver the package. I got the gift ready, Shark. Whenever you are. <laughs> yes. So. Unfortunately, a few banshees just run in super close, and one of them is carrying the field marshal and the team of zealots. Uh, they get they yeah the phantom. They uh, get close to the coil gun, and a couple of them drop down. And Emil, one attacks Emil while he's still in the coil gun, oh, no. with an energy sword. And he said he shoots the guy or he shoots the zealot through the glass. He then comes out, shoots him again. He says, who's next? The field marshal comes up behind him and stabs him through the back. Emil spins around, pulls out his kukri, stabs him in the neck and screams, I'm ready. How about you? Oh, my God. What a baller. Like a boss. 
he dies a true madman, and as an Evisaur assassin would, taking out everybody who's last. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then finishing out the mission, you have nice. to basically fight through the Horde of Covenant to finish what Emil started and protect the Pillar of Autumn as it takes as it gets ready to take off. And in between you and that railgun or railgun is the field marshal and his team of zealots that killed Elite uh, Emil. So, uh, with Noble Six now, since poor poor Emil got stabbed. I'll, I'll cover a bit of him. Yep, that's that's Noble Six right there for you, Ray. You're uh, oh, your oh, basic oh. bitch armor. <laughs> you know, but uh, he is Noble Six is, uh, you know, like Ramirez in Modern Warfare Two, except aside from being named, he is your player stand-in. He is, you know, who you are supposed to identify with your shoes to fill in fact we don't even know if noble six is a he all we know is noble six is uh was a headhunter which is basically like a spartan assassin and they were you know with master chief the only two spartans ever labeled as hyper lethal which i know you guys find that uh classification very funny <laughs> anyways Noble Six uh, joined Noble Team, uh, sort of very close to the fall of Reach. In fact, probably in the same amount, the same week that it happened. I think that's how long it was. I don't correct me if I'm wrong, but um, he joined, filling the role of Noble Six, which was previously a role taken up by another Spartan named Spartan Tom. I think that's how you pronounce it. Who, um, if you ever saw the Halo Reach uh, trailers. There's one specifically in which uh, it's live action, and you have Cat running with a bomb, and then she gets taken out, and then another Spartan comes along, picks up the bomb, and flies into the giant Covenant supercarrier and blows it up. That was Spartan Tom. He died there. Yeah. So as uh, Noble Six, Tom, you A-A-A-2-9-3. take over his position. Yes. Uh, as Noble Six, you take over his position. And uh, shortly after that, you were dispatched to go investigate, you know, the communications radar or like, why is it down? You find out, oh, no, Covenant our reach. Go around, do some shenanigans, witness every single death of Noble Team and uh, also witness June backing out like a little pussy bitch. I'm just kidding. Um, But to uh, finish it all. After Emil dies, you go kill his killers. Then you take his position in the gun, kill off all the, you know, banshees and phantoms that are attacking the Pillar of Autumn. Then you do one final shot at the Covenant supercarrier, or Covenant carrier, that's about to shoot the, uh, that's about to start glassing the whole area. You shoot its glassing beam, destroy it, and the Pillar of Autumn gets away. Even though you had a chance to get on it, but you decided to stay behind. And the mis- the the game finally ends with one last mission called Lone Wolf, where you're in a battlefield covered in the bodies of various other Spartans, and your only mission objective is labeled Survive. Now, you can play for as long as you want. You can survive for as long as you want. But in the end... Death comes for us all. And eventually, Noble Six is, well, killed. And 
Well, that is the end of his story. Some sources say that in lore, Noble Six fought for hours. Some say he fought for days. In the end, though, apparently it took the entire Covenant army to bring his ass down. Oh, fucking hell. This, gift, yeah. this last gift I just sent yeah, is actually he, he, his, his death scene. And he's just mowing down elites left and right. And it finally takes like the highest of the high-ranking elites to finally take him down. Yeah, aren't those like yeah. a really high-level one? Because I see that they have red armor. There's one that has like white armor or something. So yeah, the, the white armor is the ultras. They're basically like the next to highest rank. The maroon armor that you see basically taking like an energy dagger and stabbing him, that's one of the zealots. And zealots, other than like a field marshal and supreme commander, are some of the highest ranking elites. I, I I think their rank is equivalent of a chaplain in space marine terms. Okay. Anyways, as I was saying about Noble Six, uh, he is the player stand-in character. So because of that, because they want you to be Noble Six, we know nothing about him, including where he, I say him. We know nothing about them, including where they were born, what their name is. Uh, all we know is what their armor looked like and what their last mission was, which was the Fall of Reach. I don't even think we can know what their armor looks like because you can customize it. Yeah, it's completely customizable. Yeah, but I think it's implied you can see that... it in the cutscenes too, or it reflects in the cutscenes. I think it. I think it's implied that the the armor that he is the armor that you first. What I keep saying, he the armor that you first get uh, in Halo Reach, including the color, is is, is canonical. What Noble Six wears. Yeah, I think that that's the implication there. Anything else on Emil or Noble Six that y'all want to gush over? Yeah, um, Noble Six is currently hiding in a cave with uh, with Ghost. <laughs> He's just waiting. <laughs> uh, Ghost and Sev from uh, Republic Commando. Ah, Sev. Mm. Yes, Sev. Anyways, but this is not a this is not a Republic Commando episode. Maybe later. <laughs> So yeah, that's, those those are the most famous Spartan threes that we'll learn about today. And so yeah, on to the three four three stuff. On to the Spartan four Yay, program. That bad. Uh, we get to talk about that it. Bad. Okay, okay, okay. Oh, it's, great. Not, it, it's 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 not that it's not as bad as I make it out to be. I just like giving three four three shit because of how they've treated Halo Five and Halo Infinite. But no, I like, I like the giving Disney shit. of Halo. Halo, and for those that don't know anything about Halo, 343 is like Halo's Disney. They suck. And they ruined it. We're we're about to talk about the Spartans Primaris here. But even dumber. Yeah. Look, Primaris isn't that bad. Alright? Shut the fuck up. Don't get the hate. (laughs) I refuse to play your space friends now. I refuse. Maybe, maybe it's because I'm still new to 40k that they're not that bad. Air, I only play Space Marines if they're the Giga Chad version, as in Sons of Malice. Oh my goodness! <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it's okay. Don't talk about how my chapter is copyright infringement. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay, XO. Your I'm, chapter I like doesn't primaries. exist. Hey, hey, Shark, your chapter doesn't exist, just like your fake Chaos God. Hey, 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 they were in, they were in Battlefleet Gothic 2. That came out in 2017. 
Spartan oh. Fours. Um, so as of uh, Halo Five, Halo Four, Five, and Infinite, they are basically the the to put it in shark terms, they are the Primaris of Spartans, the super super oh, soldiers no. of that have the bet that have the best augmentation success rate, and also use and basically are made of willing. Uh, vol- adult volunteers because the augmentation process has been so refined to a point that that it can that a, a full blown adult can actually accept the augmentation and not have any uh, side effects, unlike the uh, uh, Spartan ones. And they are given what is called Gen Two Mjolnir armor. They're given what's called Gen Two Mjolnir armor, which looks kind of like. S- Basically, looks like someone took a Power Ranger suit and turned it into a uh, turned it into uh, and turned it into a Spartan something out of the Halo universe. Well, it doesn't look that bad, actually. This okay. This particular iteration that I came out with is not bad, but then when you look at all the customizations that you can do in Halo Four, such as the coffee, the coffee grinder yeah. thing that EXO showed in the first part, um. Yeah, it, it it can it can look bad. The only good I mean, addition we, was that shark helmet. Some... Nah, 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 bro. You sleeping on Anubis? Anubis armor? Hold on, let me pull up a picture real quick for you scrubs. I will still not complain, or I still not get over cringe Nene baby Spartan lock. <laughs> the the uh, lock the this armor, armor. bitch. <laughs> <laughs> Speaking I of, present the the best armor in Halo Five. Oh boy, that's not that bad. They do have some I good armor see. types. Out so I know that no one likes this. I know no one likes this game, but I don't mind that armor. It looks a little, little too high science fiction. But the I only think... bad thing about the game was the campaign. Yeah, the <laughs> well, the campaign for me personally, it it did not feel like Halo. And I think that's not helped by the fact that you only play Master Chief for like barely half of it because the other half you play as Spartan Jameson Locke. And I know you hate him. Who actually has his own movie. Yeah. And it's the worst of uh, all the Halo movies. Just saying. uh, Rumor has it he's also dead in Halo Infinite because there's a certain brute boss you fight and apparently his his helmet is just kind of strapped to that brute's uh, shoulder. And that oh. brute's nickname is Spartan Killer. Yep. That's fucked up. The thing, the thing with Halo Infinite is it's, it's think of it like, uh, think of it like the rise of Skywalker. When JJ Abrams took over, he, it was basically all about damage control from the disaster. That was uh, the last Jedi. So it was basically okay. Retcon every every mistake we made from that movie out of existence, and this was basically what happened with Spartan Locke in from Halo Five to Halo Infinite, and Cortana being the bad guy, and Cortana being the bad guy among other a lot of other stuff. Three four three is cringe. All right, they uh, write interesting plot points, immediately abandon them, write more interesting plot points, and then immediately abandon them again. Hmm. Well, I guess that's one up they have on Disney because Disney just writes bad plot points and then abandons them. <laughs> and yeah. usually comes up with an even worse one, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
Yeah. Somehow Palpatine returned <laughs> with no from- mention from the last three movies. <laughs> and I just died from cringe. <laughs> oh, wait, I'm digital. <laughs> you know what? I don't think there's enough videos about how much sequels suck. Let's just let's just do more episodes about how the sequel sucks. <laughs> Coming to you with, in a crossover with Star Lores at some point in the future. All right, can we talk about why the Spartan 4s are cringe now? So let's talk about why the Spartan 4s are cringe. <laughs> They're not all cringe. Now nah, we'll talk about Fireteam Osiris in just a second. Um, so it goes back with the whole... But like the process has become perfected enough to the point where adults can t- can survive can survive the augmentation process without having any ill effects. So basically, they're bolstering the numbers of the Spart the surviving Spartan threes and what little surviving Spartan twos are left. Which Ray, I think we mess we uh, talked about this off the off the recording. I think like there's only like 17, 16 or seventeen left. Like by by yeah. the by the time of Halo Infinite, so. Endangered species, as you like to point it out. Basically, it's just kind of like, oh, we're the next big thing. Everyone's becoming a Spartan now. Yay. That's kind of how it's treated, almost, especially by Infinite. And I actually heard one YouTuber, I think it was either Hidden Xperia or Rocket Sloth. So shout out to those guys. They're really cool. Watch their Halo content. It's great. It's it's like the 343 games tend to over-focus on the whole the Spartan side of the story but the, but that's the thing with Halo it's not just about the Spartans it's about humanity the UNSC the Covenant the elites this whole galactic setting the forerunners the flood and this just like when 343 took over it's like they hyper focused on Spartans 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 it just it it just became so oversaturated that but makes sense. Yeah, I mean, and they they get you know generation two Mjolnir armor even better than even better than the uh, ones that the Spartan twos had. Get all the best equipment, and by the and since the formation of the Spartan Ops branch of the UNSC military, they basically function as their own little independent independent thing. That I mean, they fun they they basically operate in like small fire teams or whatnot on very special. Very special missions. I mean, that's that's really about it. Like, I I hate to I hate to say that's really about all that we have on the Spartan Fours, or that I really care to talk about with the Spartan Fours. Leading the Spartan Ops program is one Sarah Palmer, and she's not very well liked in universe <laughs> and in the Halo community because she's uh, yes, XO. She's she's she she she's a bit of a bitch. Not even gonna sugarcoat. I also it. think they're. I think she also tries way too hard to be like a military person, like the voice actor. Like, it just doesn't come off good. Isn't the first thing she says to Master Chief is, I thought you were supposed to be taller. (laughs) Yeah. Like, that's her talking down to the (laughs) fucking Master Chief who saved humanity from (laughs) Halo, the Flood, the Covenant. And you have the gall to talk down to Master Chief? What's wrong with you? They're trying to be funny. Seriously, but I'd, he still is so taller than her too, which is fucking funny. <laughs> exactly. But uh, the elite that I'm trying to look up something real quick. So if y'all want to fill in about why y'all are mad at three four three and hate the Spartan fours, go right ahead. Look, I just want to say, you guys may compare them to the Primaris Marines, but unlike the Primaris Marines, who are, you know, 
they got better stuff, but they're also claimed to be, you know, mentally and physically stronger than previous Marines. Spartan 4s are still weak as fuck compared to Spartan 2s. Spartan 2s will whoop any Spartan 4 any day of the week. You no, can't I just. Get Spartan 2s again. <laughs> I just don't like it purely because the, like, it just makes the Spartan 2s feel less special. That's what I don't like. It, it makes leaves the Spartan twos to be special though, because they gate they still treated the Spartan twos with respect. Like I said, they never said that the Spartan fours were like better than the Spartan twos. They never said like, oh yeah, you know, I could. It would take a hundred Spartan twos to take down a Spartan four. You know, they still left that little bit of respect for the Spartan twos. They were yeah, just but like, you, gotta... you know, now we're able to make more Spartans. You got to think about it from like the casual audience. Like when the casual audience comes in, they're like, "Oh, there's Spartans everywhere. They're flip-flopping, flying around." But then, like you play the original Halo games, and I, I remember people used to think Master Chief was the only Spartan and as for, the casual well, audience. Of, and for a long time, that, that was, was a the bit case. of the lore. I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I would also add though is that, like, just from numerical value, like the moment like you see something like you you see. This is Spartan 2, and here's Spartan 4. Well, if you're totally new to the setting, you're going to instantly think the Spartan 4 is in some way better than the Spartan 2, even if it's as minimal as we can make more of them than we can make this, like, even if it's as different as, like, oh, it's just a generation change. But yeah. no, like, the moment you see that it's a higher number, you're going to assume just instinctually that it's, that it's better. It's so like, like the, it's like the iPhone 13 versus the iPhone 14. Everyone wants the 14 because it's the next higher number and supposed to have more bells and whistles, quote unquote. Yeah, but that's just that's the thing that you just put in there. And like as a as a human being, like we're just instinctually brought up to know that the higher number is better than the lower number. So like you're going to assume the four is better than the two. When the moment you see a bunch of like fours running around and no twos, your brain's gonna fill in the gaps that oh, there's no more twos. And there, that must mean that four is better because there's more fours than there are twos. So, like, even though the fours are, from what I'm guessing, they are objectively weaker than the Spartan twos, they're they're kind of setting themselves up for failure, at least from the community's eyes, because like, the there's a reason are... there's there's like no Spartan fours in Halo Infinite. Like, they basically just wrote them out of the script. So I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't see it that way because, like, in most settings. Like, take uh, custodies for instance. There, there's, there's more custodies than space marines. No, there isn't. There's less custodies, but they're still stronger, and that makes them more special. Is they're rarer, and there's less of them. But that's okay, just because they're stronger and they're better. You know, yeah, there's less Spartan twos, but they're still better. They're still stronger, and it like makes them a little bit more special when you hear about them. Instead of going, oh yeah, there's like a hundred thousand of them, instead of Spartan fours, which yeah, I just I just think that it's different in terms of how they're set up. Only because the custodies, when you look at them, and you look at a regular Space Marine, you can like tell, like you can just observe that the that the custodies are better because their armor looks way more elaborate, way more intricate compared to the Space Marines. And if you said, oh, there's a million Space Marines, the, you know, the bog standard Mark 7 Space Marine, then you say, oh, there's 10,000 of these guys. 
Well, now not only are you seeing it from an observable point of view, like, oh, he looks cooler than him, but now there's even less of them. Well, mine can, well, my mind can put together lower number looks cooler. My mind can piece together that simple fact that, oh, they must be objectively better, even if I know nothing about the lore. I, but, I also don't like that humanity goes from barely able to create, like, 30 to being able to create millions. There's millions of them? I don't know. There's I don't think there's a thousand many, or something. Uh, before I look those numbers up, I did... Okay, while y'all were kind of arg- while y'all were kind of arguing, I was looking. There were there was a funny thing about Sarah Palmer that I did want to bring up because I I find it funny in, in certain missions in Halo Five. Again, on the whole, I don't care. I don't. I don't. I I'm upset with what how three four three has handled Halo. However, it, there are some good points that I will bring. There are some interesting points I will bring up just to, just to give them lip service. But one of them is in a mission where you actually meet up with the Arbiter. Yes, you actually meet the Arbiter in Halo 5. He is a badass. And then it's... it's uh, Basically, you're just walking around the camp or whatnot. Talk, you're supposed to talk to certain NPCs or whatnot to get the story going. But you can run into like hidden Easter eggs and stuff. And you actually can come up or find a recording of a elite fanboying over Sarah Palmer. And this is what the recording. Oh and this is what the recording oh, says. I saw you standing at your ship, with armored hand on armored hip. Both my hearts began to pound. So lovely was what I found. I love your brightly shining armor. Human named Commander Palmer. Oh my God! He wrote poetry. <laughs> That's fucking pathetic. This <laughs> is just really a Casanova of the species. <laughs> that, that raises some questions. You know, you know, why since... an elite is writing writing poetry for a Spartan? Like I don't even know. So, if I want to so... know. hey, 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 Ray. Palmer actually we, ended up here. We are gushing over elites <laughs> when we were talking about them in the elite episode. What's to say they don't gush over Spartans? <laughs> hmm. uh, so the funny thing is, is, fucking Palmer actually ends up going to the Swords of Saint Helios camp where uh, the Arbiter is, and including where you find that recording. <laughs> so there's a possible chance she encountered that elite, and he just started getting all nervous around her. He's just like, um, uh, hi. <laughs> <laughs> well, as we all know, I'm pro-inter interspecies breeding, so let's go. <laughs> and You're pro-breeding sure as long as it has locked. a pulse, okay. I think. Yeah, that was is the- it a lot? Good enough for me. <laughs> Hell, does it have a hole good enough for me? <laughs> make sure my USB port is still shut. Okay, it is good. I see a crack in that mm. rock. No. I need, to get the, I need to get the. I need to get the horny bat out of the closet, and dust it off. No. <laughs> okay. I'm currently holding the bigger bonk stick. Oh my gosh. No. Stop. <laughs> Mercy, uh. please. There is no mercy. Life is pain. Okay. No, that's great though. Alright. And I'm and then as far as other famous Spartan fours, since we've just kind of ribbed on them like this this whole time. I'm gonna be completely honest. I find Fire Team Osiris kinda cool. That is their logo, and they are led by Jameson Locke, the guy that we were unfortunately had a really crappy movie. Uh in the Halo setting, uh, uh, Spartan Locke is actually one that was specially trained to hunt other Spartans in case they went rogue. 
Case in point, one of That's the Spartans cool. that XA talked about that was that actually turned to the insurrection. I can't remember the specifics, but uh, but in Halo Five, the Master Chief actually goes missing. Everyone in the UNSC freaks out because they think he's gone AWOL. So what do they do? They send in Spartan Locke and Fire Team Osiris to hunt him down and at least at the very least bring him back, if in chains if necessary. So that's the symbol for Fire <laughs> Team Osiris. He's the leader of the group. I thought he was kind of cool when I played it, but again, like you play about two thirds of Halo Five as him and not the Master Chief. So there is that. That's what I'm not happy about. Anyways, so. Uh, other members of Fireteam Osiris include Holly Tanaka. I'm pulling her up now. You've got mail. That's her. I know next to nothing about her, so Exo and Shark, if y'all do, feel free. <laughs> I don't I don't think anyone knows anything about her. Perfect. I didn't Nobody even know cares. her name was Tanaka, to be Perfect. honest with you. Perfect. The only thing I knew about her was she was the one with the DMR if you played as her. Oh. <laughs> Wait a minute, you can actually play as other the other members of Team Osiris? Wow. Yeah, you can do four-player co-op. If you played with, oh, yeah, yeah, if you okay. played with uh, three other friends, it would assign you different Spartans. Uh, I think, um, so Locke, you have the assault rifle. Uh, Tanaka, you'd start with a DMR. Buck, you start with a shotgun. And I think Vale, you start with an SMG. Speaking of Vale, now that we, now that we've established nobody knows anything oh about Tanaka, ha <laughs> Olympia Vale, everybody. <laughs> For those who don't know, she is voiced and mo-capped by one Laura Bailey, who in recent years was the mother of Ellie from uh, The Last of Us, and she voiced the original Ellie from the original Last of Us game. She's done other stuff since then, but that's the most recent thing of of her of hers I can come up with. And she's awesome. And the in- the interesting thing about her is when she was little, her dad was a, again, I'm not 100% on the specifics, but he was basically a major Oni uh, Intel officer. And so she was with him on the ship, but obviously he was away often doing, and Oni means doing shady stuff for Oni. And she spent her time, basically playing around with like audio clips that were recovered from battles or whatnot of like the covenant speaking. And she actually learned self-taught the Sangheili language. And as she grew up, she became a pivotal part in helping the UNSC translate what the covenant messages were meaning, especially when talking, especially, you know, especially when Sangheili is spoken. So she became an expert on on this on this level of intelligence and then you actually find her in game speaking Sangheili quite often. So every time I've made the remark, she can step on me and curse me out in Sangheili while she does it. That's where that comes from. And she actually not only does she handle an SMG, I think she handles either a plasma pistol or a plasma rifle in, in Halo 5, if I'm not mistaken. Because she actually does like prefer Covenant weapons over UNSC weapons. Because again, Covenant technology is busted people. Come on. Plasma. <laughs> oh, that's cute little space marine. Your plasma weapon explodes. Mine's fully automatic. <laughs> oh my god. If I overcharge my plasma <laughs> pistol, it just burns a little bit and I just say, oh fuck, and then let it recharge. Boom, I'm shooting again. Ha <laughs> ha. Take that, Imperium. Okay. 
That was Olympia Vale, one of my personal favorites. <clears throat> but now let's let Exo yeah. gush, let's let Exo cream himself over. Buck. Yeah, Buck. Nathan Fillion. I think he plays Drake in Uncharted. I'm not he entirely plays, sure because I does. don't play Uncharted. He plays Drake in Uncharted. Okay, he's I'm also right. on Firefly. He's um he's also the voice of K six. <laughs> He's done. I will. I, I will also say. So, you first meet Buck in a game called Halo ODST, one of the greatest Halo games. I don't care what anyone says; it is underrated, and it's we need a sequel. Underrated. That's Buck, what an, that's what an ODST looks like. Yep, Buck is the uh, squad leader of an ODST squad, um, as well as several other members. And uh, you play as the rookie in that. Yeah. Uh, I will quickly say, before I move on to his whole Spartan stuff, you play as the rookie in ODST, and Buck is voiced by Nathan Fillion. Nathan Fillion plays as as a cop in a show called The Rookie. I don't know why I find that hilarious. Anyway, moving on. Well, later on in life, Buck and the rest of his ODST squad, save for the rookie, damn you, fucking 343, executing my boy off-screen in a book. Um, He is offered by June from uh, Noble Team to become a Spartan 4. And, uh, well, a little hesitant to do so at first, but eventually he decides, yep, I'm going to do this. So him, Romeo, who is the funniest loudmouth ever he's like the donald trump of halo um (laughs) him romeo and this bitch ass pussy named mickey all become spartan fours and uh well at some point after their training mickey decides you know i don't like killing humans because again he's a little bitch so he decides i'm going to sell out my buds who I've known forever, and I've fought through thick and thin with Romeo and Buck, I'm going to sell them out to the insurrection. And, well, while in the process of that, he gets the ass-whooping of his life by Buck, and is promptly put in chains and stored upon this um, space station, which they train Spartan 4s on. I don't remember what it was called exactly, but it gets blown up in uh, Halo Infinite, or you hear about it being blown up in Halo Infinite. That's where June is training Spartan 4s. Anyways, uh, at some point in his life, he later on joins Fireteam Osiris, and during the events of Halo 5, he helps to try and capture uh, the Master Chief, but also ends up saving him at the end of the game. Later on, he then teams up with his Oni spook girlfriend slash not girlfriend, Dare. God, she is hot. And (laughs) they go about doing some Oni shenanigans by picking up the gang, getting them all back together, including getting Mickey, because they need help from the insurrection. So they get his ass, unfortunately. And reunited with a giant space squid, they all go and get the insurrection to help them hide out, figure out how to hide out from the Covenant. Because the insurrection have this one planet that has been able to hide from the Covenant, 
and the UNSC, and they need to figure out why. Well, eventually they do, and Mickey is fucking set free on the planet because the insurrection won't work with UNSC operatives, and they kind of idolize Mickey because he's a Spartan that turned to the insurrection because he's a bitch. Uh, But that's basically the most of what we know about Buck right now, is he went off and did that. That Uh, Cool as fuck. And uh, he... He has my favorite line in any Halo video game, which is uh, him and Dare are arguing at the end of, uh, towards the end of Halo ODST, as per usual, because, you know, they're an old married couple, but they're not really married at that point yet. And, uh, well, at one point, after he finishes arguing with Dare, he looks over to the rookie and says, Hey, rookie, take my advice. You ever meet a woman? Make sure she's got balls. And then he proceeds to walk away. I know we were. I know we were mostly to- talking about Buck with him as a Spartan, but here's a little bit of context with the ODSTs because I think I mentioned to you before that ODSTs and Spartans hate each other, which that explains the hesitance of him to join the Spartan Four program. Uh, the one picture I posted is the actors doing the mocap and acting for uh, Fireteam Osiris. I just thought that was cool. And then the last picture I just posted was of Dare, the ODST slash Oni spook that XA was talking about. So the whole Buck's thing- girlfriend slash wife slash weird woman that kind of ducks him and his team for shit. <laughs> yeah. But this isn't an ODST episode, but we'll we'll talk about this part here. So I've mentioned before, ODSTs are basically like the Tempestus Scions if we're going back to the 40K, compa- uh, 40K comparisons. So they're like the best that humanity has that aren't Spartans. And they have this really intense rivalry going on with the Spartans because of Master Chief. So the story goes that they share this they shared a similar training area at one point. Master Chief is on the weight machine. Now he's a Spartan too. He is super strong, so he's basically he basically has like the resistance at the highest possible level imaginable, and he's just you know bench pressing and doing his thing, just just like like nobody's business. He's also twelve. He's also twelve at this point. Yeah, Im- important to note. So he gets done, and then he just gets up and walks away. Some OD, uh, five ODSTs come in. They're about to use the. They're about to use the machine or whatnot. They, and of course, they think twelve year old. He's not going to have the resistance up that high. So they think, okay, the machine's set all right where it is. The ODST they got on the machine almost broke his arm and tore several of his muscles because of the resistance that was on that was placed on that machine. So they rest, the rest of the ODSTs get a little bit pissy with John. So they started a brawl. Guess who ended up winning? Five. Who do you think won? Five ODSTs or one twelve-year-old Master Chief? Well, he is the main character, so. So plot armor. His superpower is literally being lucky. <laughs> exactly. So plot armor and being lucky tells us Master Chief kills all five ODSTs in that brawl. It's like. I think he kills two and then wounds the th- wounds three of them. Oh, and I might be wrong, but I also heard that those ODSTs were sent in there on purpose to test him. Yes, it's it's an Oni conspiracy that Oni wanted to test Halsey's program, so they sent those five in there. 
So that brawl, two of them being dead, three of them being wounded, is basically what led to the whole rivalry between the ODSTs and the Spartans. And for pretty much most of the entire war, they never, unless absolutely necessary, they never fought in the same battles together for that reason. That is that that's that explains the hesitancy bet- uh, Buck originally had with joining the Spartan Four program was because of that rivalry that he had with uh, that the, the ODSTs have with the Spartans, and in Halo Reach you actually do manage to s- save Buck. Um, you don't see his character, but you actually hear a voiceover of him in the new Alexandria level when you're basically helping out with uh, transport, uh, yeah, emergency transports and. Uh, evacuation and he's one of the ODSTs that you actually uh, save and then you in New Alexandria you actually fight with some uh, ODSTs and they actually say you know for a Spartan you're not half bad as you know this is them saying that's a noble six that you can kind of you can kind of tell from that dialogue that like they there's that tension going on I I will also add um it wasn't necessarily because of the whole Master Chief, you know, wound, kills two ODSTs and wounds the other three that Buck didn't want to join. The, the books, by the way, that cover his whole thing with uh, Mickey and becoming a Spartan for are um, the books New Blood and Bad Blood. But I think it's literally just he didn't feel like doing it. He was also having some tough tensions with Dare. And I think her and June just dropped this on him and he was very unhappy about it because <laughs> he thought that him and dare were having a romantic uh vacation <laughs> i kind of like that better actually. man can't oh, catch a break yeah so um let me find out there was gonna, one more thing i was gonna do and that was I will also add something I just remembered. Um, so at the at the end of Halo ODST, you end up saving this squid thing called an engineer, which is like a biological supercomputer that is also extremely adorable. And uh, while you're flying away on the Phantom with it, Romeo, who got wounded at some point, talks to Buck and he's like, I can't believe we went through hell for that thing. And then Buck goes, well, you do know it was important. Then he goes, I wasn't talking about it. And then he looks in the direction of Dare. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> okay. Mm. As Yo, most... Virgil, you're looking sexy. Bruh. Why? What? I want to see what them tentacles can do. Oh, no. no. He's too tentacles. cute. Leave him alone. <laughs> oh, yo, wait. I want to see what that neck can do. God. Darn you. <laughs> God bless him. Why? Ugh, why? God is dead and you have killed him. (laughs) As of the most recent information, the Spartan 4 program consists of anywhere from 300 to 500 plus super soldiers. So that answers that. And with that, everyone, is the conclusion of the Spartan program in Halo as of recording which is 2024, and if they, if 343 <laughs> ever decides to do anything else with Halo ever again. Yay! I hope not. I feel kind of bad because if none, it just feels like we're kind of going out with a whimper when it comes to the Spartans. Well, ah. they're, they're very cool. I just, 
I can kind of feel what you're putting down about the fours being kind of poopy and not exactly the greatest warriors imaginable. They're, they seem pretty, you know, not pathetic, but not worthy of the term Spartan when the last one we talked about, we were talking about, you know, the Spartans being the absolute, like, being fucking demons of the Covenant, like. I think a lot of it comes down to, comes down to, like, there was... There were all there were only so many Spartan twos, and now, as as far as we know in the series, there's only like 17 left. At that point, they have reached like such a legendary status that like anything that comes after that just does not compare. And that's where the Spartan that's where the Spartan threes and the Spartan fours kind of fall in. Which I'm not gonna lie, they do have some cool aspects. You know, noble team, they're great Spartan threes. But the way that the Spartan threes are treated as basically uh, part of a meat grinder or being shoved into a meat grinder—that's not cool. Spartan fours, there's so freaking many of them now. It's almost like it's just a household name of Spartan, 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 Spartan. It just—it doesn't carry the same weight and ring to it that Spartan two, Master Chief, John one one seven. That it doesn't carry that same weight or legendary status as you know what the originals did. That's just my two cents on the matter. I don't know what anybody else feels about it. If y'all feel differently, if you do, your listeners feel differently. I mean, I'm up to hearing, I'm more than up to hearing different opinions on this. So it just I mean, feels like it feels like it was going to be an eventuality that they would perfect the Spartan creation progress uh, process. And that they would eventually start implementing it upon adults. I mean, it it just feels like it was it was bound to happen eventually. And that part makes yeah. sense. Like I don't I don't have I don't take issue with that necessarily. It's just more. Uh, I'm gonna keep going back to this, but it's just more like the way three four three handled it was just not in the way it probably could have been. That could have been, and it could have been better. I don't know. It, it's like what Shark and Ray were talking about earlier. It's just like they had an interesting plot point but then they dropped the ball somewhere and then didn't go anywhere with it. So they came up with another plot point, but then they dropped the ball again and it just, I don't know. I don't know. But the difference between the Spartan fours and the Primaris Marines is they didn't have to commit tech heresy to do it. It's just UNSC is okay with innovation. Everybody that's perfectly fine. All right. I, at least <laughs> yeah, respect like, crawl to have the balls to go up to Gillen and be like, Yo, you know Trader Jeans? It I used it. Fuck you. When <laughs> Primaris Marines was like, you found out a way to make better Space Marines than what the Emperor designed. That is heresy. And then with Spartan Force, it was like, you found a way to make normal ass people into Spartans. Dear fucking God, thank you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, a couple other tidbits that. Uh... Didn't make it in that didn't make it. Uh Halsey can't because of the how the Spartan threes were created basically under her nose and behind her back, she can't stand them. Which when you see when you see her cutscene or yeah, the cutscene of her interacting with Noble Team, she respects George. George is a Spartan too. He calls her mum. But then everyone else on the everyone else on Noble Team who's a Spartan three, you can tell she cannot stand them. I literally just There's replayed no that scene like five minutes before we started. She is like outright disrespectful to everyone except for George in that room. <laughs> so great. <laughs> it, it, it's it's also funny 
when you consider how she doesn't like the Spartan fours or threes, because in Spartan ops, uh, she ends up losing her arm at some point, and that is because one Sarah Palmer shot her in the arm. Because she was directed by Oni to assassinate Halsey for because of what she knows. Oh, that was a thing. Another was wasted plot point of Spartan Ups, by the way, was yeah. Halsey working with the Covenant. Yeah, they could have gone. They could have gone somewhere with that, but then it was just all. Oh, she was just kidnapped by Julem Dama and then rescued by Fireteam Osiris at the beginning of Halo Five. Ugh. Okay, I'm gonna stop before I before I rage. At least, <laughs> at least I will say that opening cutscene's cool. Right? That, uh, okay. After they the, rescue her. <laughs> Go ahead. Go ahead. Uh, I was just going to say, like, uh, like that whole fucking scene sucks because, one, they kill off Jewel Mandama, and that dude was hyped up to be so fucking cool. But um, they at least they got her personality right because I think, like, right after Locke rescues her, the only thing she says is, took you long enough. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, the other... Okay, the thing, the thing we were talking about with Halsey and Oni was that... Halsey kidnapped children to create the Spartan 2 program. Colonel Ackerson, who started the Spartan 3 program, basically charges her up for war crimes for kidnapping children to create the Spartan 3 program, or the Spartan 2 program, but then turns around and starts the Spartan 3 program with orphans and suicide missions. And then Halo 4 opens up with Halsey under Oni interrogation, over what she did to create the uh, Spartan pro or yeah, the, the Spartan twos, even though that was at their direction to create super soldiers. Think about that. They're basically punishing her <sighs> for doing what they told her to do. I think so. the argument Oni makes too for why the Spartan threes are justified is because those children are technically children of the state and they're allowed to do whatever oh, they want. Yeah, you didn't they were just kidnap them. dust in this weird building. <laughs> um, What's, there was one other factoid. Oh, the thing about Spartan armor, I forgot to mention from the part from part one about the Mjolnir armor is Master Chief is about seven feet tall and weighs about a thousand pounds because that is about 250 pounds of pure muscle, 250 to 300 pounds of pure muscle. And then all the rest of that weight is the Mjolnir armor. So when I was telling the story about the, uh, when I was telling the story about the normal, human being that was testing out the Mjolnir armor and he basically got crushed to death inside of it. That that's why that, because that armor is so heavy, you have to be a Spartan to be able to even wear it, let alone use it effectively. And, uh, Raymond brought this up in one of our messages, uh, last week was, uh, there is a, <laughs> a theory, a game theory that the reason <laughs> a melee attack from behind is an instant kill is if, one of the weakest parts in Spartan armor is around the neck, which is, which of course is where your spine is attached to. If you get an attack to the spine that severs your spinal cord, that basically shuts off the uh, neural interface to the, uh, to the suit. So you basically get crushed to death by your own suit. When you get attacked in the back of the neck, again, that's just a theory, a game theory. Yay. (laughs) Okay, we that's said the it. Thing. We said the thing. That's it. We're done. We're done talking about the Spartans. We're done. We're finally done with our with our Bungie marathon. Holy crap! We spent the whole month on this. <laughs> How do we yep. feel about All this? Right. Now let's go on to engineers. <laughs> <laughs>
40k, you think your Jokero are cool? Meet biological supercomputer squids. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, any closing remarks before we round out this episode and go home to the tavern? I like the Spartan Zoos better. Good man, Fact. good man. I would, I would like to add the uh, very poetic deaths of a uh, noble team if you if you wouldn't mind uh carter the leader of the team goes down with the ship cat the brains of the team shot in the head george the uh heavy munitions guy blew the fuck up uh june the sniper scout disappears emil the guy who likes sharp things was stabbed and Noble Six, the lone wolf, dies alone. <laughs> but he makes a compelling argument. Can't argue that. <laughs> wow, good job. See, it's like poetry. It rhymes. Oh, dear God. No, put him down. Put him down. Put the rat down. The rats are learning. Put him in the cage. Euthanize <laughs> <laughs> him. <laughs> I picked up this strange book I found in a in a man-thing store, you know? It was full of all these very, very disgusting words talking nice things about human breeders. Like it would, wor- <laughs> like it would be worth spending such time and effort ever being nice to those things. <laughs> Alright, someone find my skinks. I need, a, I need a, somebody to worship Sotek in here. Uh, uh, working on that now. Okay. I mean, may as well set destination for uh, the world of Warhammer Fantasy. Yes, setting setting the coordinates now. Opening up a war portal. Any other any other comments that anybody wants to bring up? Ray, do we want to talk about what we're gonna our next bungee topics, or are we gonna wait? Um, I mean, I think- we can wait unless you want to take a. Unless you want to talk about it, I don't mind talking about it, but it, I don't think to, we have it fully. I think we pretty much have it. Um, we're not going to do two parters for this next one because, good grief, one whole month of doing nothing but Bungie. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. Sorry about that, everyone. It's okay, but hey, if you guys stuck around for this long, we must be doing something right. So, yay. Thank you very, very much. And. Before we go back to the world of Warhammer Fantasy, let's go ahead and do one big thank you to one, our dear listeners, two, and two, Exo and Shark. Thank you for joining us for basically this super long saga, this the bungee arc, as we like to call it. <laughs> the bungee filler yeah. arc. <laughs> the bungee filler arc. Yep. And hey. um, just for those... Uh, but I'll get to that in just a second. Let me go ahead and thank the patrons too. Per our contract. Wow, it's late. I'm getting tired. Um, okay. <laughs> Don't worry, I'll make this quick. All right. The Honorable Bretonian Knight, Sir Flub de Montfort. The Noble Chaos Dwarf, Slappy. May you survive whatever the Nine does want to do with you. Come <laughs> To the Imperial Dwarven Knight, Astronautical. Thank you. To the Trickster Knight of Zinch, Warper. The powerlifting knight of Nurgle, Big Joe G. The noble island pirate dwarf, Admiral King, lover in the night, smoker of the ganja, lover of the elven pipeweed, crocodile hunter, chicken farmer, fisherman, Airbnb guest host. 
Lorehammer podcast director, Lorehammer listener, lore podcast director, lover of the Middle Earth minis, <laughs> uh, painter of the painter of the 40k knights, and founder of the uh, Nighthouse Arrakis mark from Lorehammer, the noble Scryer Skaven, Exo Flack Claw, not Flack Cock. Easy there, Shark. <laughs> Bazinga. The wizard noble Azinch, Magnus the Red. Oh, yeah. The noble Drukey pirate, Admiral Dungledew's Scarecock. And the noble priest of Slanesh, Zane, Leopard, and as always, our silent supporter, Shamrock. Thank you all very much for your patronage for this would not be remotely possible or feasible. And are there any other announcements that we'd like to make? Um, the first three episodes of uh, the podcast have been uploaded on have been uploaded and uh, ready to be uploaded onto YouTube. So that can go whenever. So Yay! I mean, it's gonna be really funny when this episode gets on YouTube because then you're gonna have this really weird moment where it's like, oh, it's on YouTube. Wait, I'm already on YouTube. What the fuck's going on? <laughs> <laughs> the power of editing. I have everybody. I have an announcement. Ooh, elaborate. Okay. Yeah. I would like to wish a very happy birthday to whoever is listening to this podcast on whatever day. Have a good one and uh eat some cake. Merry Christmas. Yep, that that too. Ooh. Merry I have Christmas. one as well. Okay. Oh, no. See me on YouTube. I'm publishing Battletech lore. Oh, Fuck no. y'all. Okay. Uh-oh. Okay. Good luck. You can. We could talk about pro war crimes while I'm doing oh, that. No. Oh no. Oh boy. I mean, I'm interested. Uh, speaking of war crimes, I do have one more, one more announcement for our patrons. Not really a big announcement, but I've been keeping a tally of who's been doing our guests, or who's been taking the, uh, who's been our guests on the show so far. In the lead is Shark. With a whopping five guest appearances, followed closely behind by Exo and Slappy with four, Big Joe G at three, Brody and Flub at and Mark at two, and then everybody else at one. So, if you want to be a guest on the show, join us on Patreon for as little as one dollar a month. You can enjoy all the insanity that this entails, plus Patreon-only material. It's a lot of fun. You can ask yes. any of our patrons this. And plus, when we're in a dress, obviously. Yeah, not in a dress, obviously. And plus, we're a lot of fun on the Discord, too. So, yes. All I can say is I'm glad I am the winner and I will remain the winner. I will not be dethroned. Why do I hear an angry roommate? Genocide is always the answer. <laughs> <laughs> if you make an Elder Scrolls episode, I will record myself playing as a high elf. Oh my god. <laughs> if it's Pelinol White Strike, I agree with Genocide. <laughs> <laughs> Don't you mean he's Grimoire? You want to know something complete really funny? I finally got the recorder to work as soon as it started do- as soon as it started going, the first thing that got picked up was I co- I totally agree with genocide from Shark. <laughs> put that in put that in the outtakes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> oh my god. It's in character. Sure. Uh-huh. <laughs> I don't think genocide's too bad, you guys. <laughs> oh man. Okay.
Grimoire and his elfish racism acts were right. <laughs> Kill them all. The Daedra sort them out. <laughs> Daedra, Volt, Infidel. <laughs> Alright, let's do this. Okay. Bye. Stars off whenever you're ready. Insert elevator music. <laughs> uh, I...